Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Catalyst Life Coaching Intensive Podcast. I don't know if you know, um, well you probably don't know because I've never told you guys this, but when we do these podcasts, Noelle and I, I have no idea what we're going to talk about and that's actually my favorite part of this. Noelle, good morning. Good morning. What are we talking about today? All I know is that she emailed me some questions and the questions are actually really interesting, so I'm excited to see what's in store. Oh, yeah, 100%. So over the past few weeks, we've been talking about isolation, community, community building, and how to do it. So today, I wanted to drop down a little bit further and give everyone a really cool coaching exercise that helps train people how to open up and be vulnerable with others. Mm, Nice. I love it. Absolutely. So we all know that human beings need to connect with other humans and isolation in society is a huge problem right now. Most people are starving for human connection. And one of the big reasons behind it is that folks are terrified of being vulnerable. So to connect with others and develop a sense of closeness, we need to figure out how to open up and become vulnerable. Wait, John, why do you think do you th- why do you think people are terrified to be vulnerable? Is do you think that it's always been the case we're just um um you know actually seeing it now or do you think that people are now more than ever before? Well, being vulnerable isn't easy and lots of people are just afraid that if somebody finds out who they really are, they'll get rejected. So fear of rejection, fear of not fitting in, it really impacts people at every single age. And so while we try to work our way through life with appearances to appear perfect or strong or whatever, um, it tends to have the opposite effect and people can detect in authenticity and it hinders conversation and we just go in these cycles of pretending to be someone that we're not and then getting disappointed and sad and hiding ourselves. Yes, and I think the internet, um, it's a double-edged sword because it does allow you to practice being vulnerable, um, but at the same time because the internet now um, also allows you to compare your story with your neighbor and everyone else, it's also difficult, it can be difficult to be vulnerable. Oh, definitely. And when we're actually um, vulnerable, it, it opens us up in lots of different ways. And so we, we have to think about the pros and cons as we go into this area and think about, you know, give yourself that pause. It, it's so much work to be someone that you're not. So what, John, what would you say to people out there looking for an internal cue about how to behave. You, you talk about this with the pseudo self versus the sol- solid self. Yes, um, I, I talk a lot about pseudo versus solid. It makes sense to me. It's a concept from Marty Bowen that I learned in, in therapy school with family systems. Um, and his whole thing is to raise your differentiation of self. So for me, just to kind of bring it to street level, um, I just feel gross when I <laughs> when I'm not authentically me, or you know, as much as I can, or I'm behaving in a way that's dishonest. Um, 
of course, when I was a teenager and I was in my 20s, that was kind of the, the natural way, you know, that was kind of normal. But now at 46, um, I think because I have a better relationship with myself, um, if I'm fake in any way, I, I kind of feel like I need to take a shower. I don't, I feel discomfort in, in me. I completely agree. And I think that, that that's a really great example is the two of us have actually taken the time to build that muscle of authenticity. And if you're listening and you feel like this is something that you struggle with, please know that it doesn't happen overnight, but that the outcomes are that folks are drawn. They're actually drawn to people who are real and down to earth, and it makes us more attractive to others in life. Yes, absolutely. And um, kind of going back to the pseudo versus solid, the pseudo is the side of you that is false, that seeks uh, approval, validation, that may exchange um, truth for membership. And then your solid side is, you know, what, what we all call your authentic self. And usually your solid side is the faint whisper that we've been ignoring. So um, we all have these these parts. And I think that it fluctuates depending on who you're around, you know, uh, your environment, people, all of that stuff. And also, you know, your your connection with self. So if your connection with with self is very weak, then it, your pseudo will um, probably probably be the thundering you know, voice. And then if your connection to self is very strong, then it's probably easier to listen to your solid self. Absolutely. And and when we're talking about engaging with others and really building ourselves up to participate in society at large, it's all about getting in touch with yourself and then showing yourself to others. Yeah, which is hard. I mean, it's still hard for, you know, me too. I mean, it's, it's I think super it's, a, it's, a, it's a lifelong thing. It is a lifelong thing. And today we're going to go through some resources and tools that you can use as a coach to kind of dig in and start to build that muscle. Because a lot of times people don't think of these social nuances as things that you can build, just like exercising in the gym, but that's not true. There's actually a lot of resources, tools, and techniques out there. Well, let's give them one. So, yeah. So this is called Fast Friends. And this is a questioning exercise that is specifically designed to facilitate connection and closeness between two people. The procedure itself actually mirrors the gradual getting to know you process that relationships typically undergo. And the line of questioning here forces you to do it at an accelerated pace. So this involves, you need a partner, to do this exercise. It can be someone that you know well or someone that you're just getting to know. And if you're assigning this to a client, you need to make sure that both the person doing the exercise and the partner are comfortable with the idea of sharing personal thoughts and feelings with each other. So John, are you comfortable sharing personal thoughts and feelings with me? Yes, I am. <laughs> Wonderful. And this typically takes about 15 minutes. So what John and I are each going to do is we're going to take turns asking one another the questions. And if you guys want this exercise, contact us. I'll send it out to you. Um, and each person should answer each question in alternating order so that we really get to know each other. Oh, then nice. after 15 minutes, you move on to the next step. But we're just going to hit the first one real quick so that you can understand how this goes. So as you guys are listening to us, keep in mind that the flow of these questions mimics the getting to know you behavior that typically lasts in a long-term relationship. Got it. 
All right, here we go. This is called Fast Friends Vulnerability Building Exercise. So question one, John, Yes. given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you like to have as a dinner guest? Okay, I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say Donald Trump uh, just to get into his head and also to challenge myself with my own resistance. I was going to say Bruce Lee, but I decided to go the other way. Oh, interesting. Um, I think I would like to have dinner with my late grandmother on my dad's side. Oh, that's sweet. I didn't really know her. She passed away when I was a little girl, and I have some of her jewelry that I wear when I like to kind of access her spirit. And she had a hard life, and I'd love for her to know me now. I think it would make her happy. Awesome. I love that. All right. Let me ask the number, the number two question. Uh, would you like to be, I think I already know this. Would you like to be famous in what way, Noel? No, I would yeah. not like to be famous <laughs> I, at all. I knew you were going to say no. I have no desire to be famous. Yeah. Um, I think that rather than me being famous, I would like my legacy to be my work. Oh, I like that. Absolutely. Um, I also wouldn't like to be famous for the sake of being famous, but I think with my life goals and reach and creating a dialogue and trying to, um, you know, make the, the, the most impact that I can uh, with books and videos and all that, I think uh, fame is, is kind of goes with it, but I, I, I don't want to be famous for the sake of being famous. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's keep going here. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say and why? Uh, yes, I think it depends on the call. But um, if it's an important call, um, I do rehearse uh, as far as uh, just just a very simple outline or sketch. Um, but I don't like actually memorize a monologue or anything like that. Um, why? Because um, many of you guys may know this, but I birdwalk. I'm all over the place. And so if I don't actually have some kind of outline especially if it's like a business call then you know i'll end up talking about something random that has nothing to do with what we're talking about you know i i'm kind of the opposite I, there was once a time when i was unsure of myself in business when i did stuff like that but these days i think that's actually one of my strongest skills is just doing whatever i have to do completely on the fly mm. i love that i love that it changed it, it totally changed. Well, you know, and, and the reason that it changed is um, is that we changed our approach to business. You know, we're no longer looking to um, acquire, you know, funding or prestige. We're just looking to be who we are. So whatever I have to say comes out the way it is. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. What, what constitutes a perfect day for you, Noel? Oh, goodness. Well, first of all, no work. So a perfect day for me is waking up, sleeping in, making breakfast with my husband, going for a long hike, maybe meeting some friends for dinner and going to bed early. You know, mine's kind of similar. I, um, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why, um, I, my perfect day for me is, um, kind of like you, but it would include, um, a nice motorcycle ride. It would include a workout. Um, definitely some something you know, some kind of food. So uh, whether I'm whether yeah, it's going to be eating out. It's not going to be cooking at home. 
So you, for you, it's making breakfast. For me, it's actually going to a restaurant, uh, being social, uh, really good coffee, and maybe a nap during the day. But yeah, no, no pressure or stress to um, get on the computer. That would be a perfect day. And then also ending the day with one thing that I'm really looking forward to. Awesome. Like a dessert? Like dessert. <laughs> no, after the, the dessert, something that's coming up later on the week. Awesome. Awesome. So when did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? Uh, just about five minutes ago before we came on, I was um, humming uh, Third Eye Blind, some 90s, uh, 90s band to They're myself. They're great. Oh, you know them? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I um I don't know what happened to them, but they had that one album and it was like every song on the album was amazing. Yeah, they're still around. Oh, they're still around? Okay. Yeah, they're still around. We should get you out more, John. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when did I last sing to my to I you know, I sing to my dog George all the time. And I usually sing a song about being happy to wake up in the morning and my husband thinks I'm the biggest weirdo in the world, but George gets really excited about it. What kind of songs do you sing? Fish? Oh no. These are like, I mean, I wish I could sing fish songs, but no, these are just like Noel nonsense. Oh, things that you make up. up. Oh, totally. A hundred percent. These are just, you know, nonsense songs. Question six. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body, of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which one would you pick? Mind or body? Um, ooh, that's rough. Um, I think I'd probably pick body because my mind at 30 was still kind of stupid. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I had the same thing. I'm going to pick body for sure, 100%. Um, and it's not, it's not really about like um, aesthetics. It's just about I want to be able to get up and not hurt and have pain and, you know, be sore and all of that and move around. So um, a lot of the joy that I produce in my life requires movement. So I'm going to say body for sure. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Oh, man, I, I don't know. God, I don't want to be honest with this answer. Why? Be, uh, uh, okay, I'm gonna say it, but I don't, on my motorcycle. <laughs> I know it sounds so I know it sounds so bad. Okay, so it's not that I want to, obviously, but um, I don't know. I just feel like it, I'm gonna ride probably forever, and you know, it's a numbers game. I'm, I don't. Anyway, so yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's so, a whole, it's the whole Thelma and Louise thing, you know, off the court. yeah, yeah. So friends of mine and I were talking the other night about the concept of assisted suicide and how if you get to a point in life where you're just done, you're done. And I actually have absolutely no problem with that. You know what? Me um, too. Absolutely. I agree. I think I think um, you should have that right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. There, there's nothing more sad and actually my, my, my grandma uh, she's I think 90 she's in this position where uh, she's just a vegetable I mean she's just a vegetable in a um, in a hospital um, or a, a adult care and she I mean there's not she can't even think so it's like you know I think if she had the choice she would be want to be wanting you know wanting to, to move on 
Yeah. And I'd like to have that choice, like all spelled out ahead of time. One of my dear friends, uh, said she asked her volunteers, you know, who would help her do it. And I said, I'll help. No problem. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. I agree with you. All right. If you could change anything about the way you were raised. Oh, wait, wait, I, I'm sorry. I missed. Um, I... We can do that question if you want. Yeah. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? What a great question. Oh boy. So I think that I would have loved to have been taught how to manage finances around age seven or eight. Mm. Wow. For me, it would be, this is kind of sad. Um, I, I would want, I would have wanted a, uh, my dad to been around more and to have shown me more of, you know, what a man looks like and, you know, all of that, a, a, a closer relationship with my father. Mm. Yeah. Mm. This is a good one. Name three things that you and your partner appear to have in common. Um, the first one would be um, wellness, and um, we're both seekers in that way. Uh, the second one would be um, we both have a thirst for adventure, so uh, we're both up to do you know anything once. Um, for me, it's twice, and then. The third one, I, I guess, uh, the the love for food. Awesome. Yeah. What about you? Um, love of marijuana products. <laughs> uh, let's see. We both love hiking in the outdoors. And we both love to cook together. Nice. This is actually a really good question um, if you're coaching couples. Yeah, it's a great question. Question nine, um, for what in your life do you feel the most grateful? Probably for the diversity of experiences that I've had so far. Oh. My road hasn't always been easy, but, you know, looking back over my life, it reads more like a Hemingway novel than a sitcom. Yeah. And for that, I am grateful. I love that answer, the diversity of experiences, because a lot of people – they see diversity as um, a bad thing, not a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm the most grateful for uh, not having to punch a clock. You know, I, like many people, have had jobs where um, I was just miserable uh, most of my 30s. And so today to be able to, um, you know, uh, work from home and uh, design a day that works for you, I am so grateful for that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 11. Take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. I don't know if we okay. can do that one. <laughs> well, let's see if we can do it in like way under four minutes. Yeah, yeah. In 60 seconds. Okay, 60 seconds. So I grew up on the beach, outdoor kid, total space cadet, imagination child. Then I fell into eating disorders and depression from a young age. They haunted me through high school, college, my early 20s, fell into an unhealthy marriage, got divorced, started a period of exploration, went to graduate school, didn't finish my PhD, founded a company with you, and have kind of now come full circle to embracing that imaginative space cadet little kid and finally allow her to just be who she wants to be. Oh, I love that ending. 
That's amazing. I love that. Um, okay, 60 seconds. Uh, grew up in the 80s, breakdancing, uh, raised more by pop culture than anything else. Um, got married fairly young, pursued screenwriting, didn't work out, got a divorce. That divorce um, repositioned me uh, to a rebirth. And then I became a therapist, started a blog. Through the blog, I found a sense of purpose and my voice and uh, started writing and uh, making videos, um, created a company with Noel and uh, uh, so helping uh, coaches um, help other other people. And then um, now uh, just living in a way that I feel is honest to me and um, like Noelle, I don't want to steal her answer, but um, connecting to all the parts of me that I have um, either ignored or not fed uh, when I was busy chasing the wrong things in my 30s. So, Awesome. Awesome. So last question. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? So ever since I was a kid, um, I've always wanted to uh, talk to God, and um, God never spoke to me through. You know, I have friends that are uh, spiritual and, and religious, and they always, you know, uh, they have all these stories about kind of um, hearing God and stuff. And I, I've always never heard a voice, and I've I've always thought like God talks to me through the events and the people that um, are 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 unfolding in my life. And um, I would want the ability to um, communicate more with uh, God slash the universe uh, slash higher power, be more of a conduit, even if it involves some kind of like channeling because uh, I'm an Aries, I'm stubborn, I have a huge ego, and all of that gets in the way. So um, just the ability to live higher um, by communicating with a greater power. That's so interesting. You uh, you want to talk to God, and my ability would be to be able to speak and understand every single language. Ooh, every so single language? Could, <laughs> every single language so that I could travel the world and talk to humans. That's amazing. If you did that, people would think you were God. Well, <laughs> or just think <laughs> that I know their language, right? <laughs> Yeah, that wow, that that is actually that's really cool. So, let's debrief. How do you I mean, how do you feel right now? What is this like for you experientially? Uh, I think this exercise is really effective. I mean, I obviously I know you well, but um these questions are really fun and it it I I think I I I love that they're not only fun but they're also uh, require you to um, be self-reflective and to be vulnerable. So it's that great balance, you know, of entertaining and then also getting to know someone. How about from an emotional perspective? What is your mood like right now? What is your affect like? What do you feel like on the inside? Um, I feel happy. I feel like we had a uh, meaningful conversation in a shot glass. I feel like it wasn't forced. Um, I feel uh, I know you a little bit better. You know, so I feel more of a, uh, in this brief, you know, 15 minutes, the, the I feel like a, the connection was made. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel super happy. I feel, I feel uh, happiness bubbles 
that are kind of flowing through me that I didn't have before we got into all the questioning. And I feel really connected. I think we're both experiencing the outcomes of vulnerability and connection. Yeah. Thank you for this. That's great. A hundred percent. Yeah. So as you guys are listening to us go, um, anyone can do this. Anyone can ask these questions of another human. And what all of the research shows is that when you take time to sit with someone and go through the deeper cut, it increases your mood. It increases the sense of connection. You understand people better. You have more empathy for them and they for you. So this is one of the ways to break through personal feelings of isolation is to get in there and give of yourself and ask others to give to you in return. Thank you. Guys, exercise your vulnerability. 